So tonight, I'm going to look at, we're going to look at a, a couple of our foundational verses, scriptures, Psalm 34, 4, we'll look at that first. We'll look at that in the New King James, Psalm 34 and 4. <clears throat> David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all fears. The Amplified says that, that I sought the Lord on the authority of his word and he heard me. Now, you know, I've hit this from a lot of different angles because we've talked about this verse scripture a lot. But just think about this just for a moment, just kind of from this perspective. I sought and inquired of the Lord and required him of necessity on, and the, uh, on the authority of his word, and he heard me. So, so there's, a, there's a responsibility on my part as I seek the Lord to know the authority of his word, right? I mean, I, I need to understand the authority that I have in his word. I can boldly come before his throne of grace and find the help that I need in time of need, Right? But I need to know that. So I have a responsibility to hear the word, to meditate the word, and become a doer of that word so that when I seek the Lord, Father, I thank you tonight that I'm, 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 I have this attack in my body, but I'm, I'm declaring to you, I'm coming to you on the authority of your word, what you already said, and, and I'm just reminding you of it, and, and, and I, what I'm reminding you of is what you say is so. And you said, by Jesus' stripes, the living word was sent to heal us. By his stripes, I'm healed. Not I will be, I was over 2,000 years ago. Right? So I'm coming before him on the authority of that word. And then it says that, I mean, who would know that God heard him other than David? So when he came on the authority of the word, he believed God heard him. And when you know that God has heard you, in the, in the fact, in other words, you've asked him according to his will so you know he's heard you, then you know you're going to have what you say because, all, because 1 John 5 says when we go before him based on what he says is so, we can have the confidence that he will give us according to what we ask when what we ask is what he already says is so. Settled. Amen? And that's... That's what happened here. David was delivered of all of his fear because of the authority of the word that he operated in. That's part of our responsibility. Amen? God's given it all to us, but we have the responsibility to deal with it. Job 3 and verse 25. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. That's what fear produces, right? Tonight we're going to talk about a couple of things in regards to, in, in, a, in, in a little bit deeper way, how we make sure that fear doesn't stay. Fear comes all the time, from every direction. Fear comes. But we don't want fear staying and camping out and taking up residency on the inside of us. How many can say amen to that? We want no place with fear. He said, the things that I feared that are, are what came upon me. Um, 
Job, along with us, human, us human beings in this dispensation of time, we have strongholds and mindsets that are given to us from way back, and those strongholds and mindsets, and everybody has different ones, those strongholds and mindsets are what have to be, they, they have to be destroyed. You, you don't want a stronghold to just be tolerated. You want a stronghold destroyed. And, and we have to destroy these strongholds and these mindsets about things that we fear so that we don't live our life dreading. And as it says in that last verse, where there's, I'm not at ease, nor am I quiet, I have no rest. Why? Because trouble continues to come because I've not dealt with that. Now, now the difference in Job and David is, is that, that we know that David sought the Lord continuously. And the verses, you know, in that whole chapter, that whole 34th chapter, if you read it, David had some difficult times, some things that really came against him in a really hard way. He made some major mistakes. Anybody ever made a mistake? Okay, he made some major mistakes in his life, but he kept seeking the Lord, and the Lord gave him revelation of the word, and when he went before God on behalf of what was coming against him, God heard him and delivered him. This dispensation of time, when we seek the Lord based on what he already says is so, then what we're doing is we are receiving and embracing what he's already done for us. It's not God doing something else for us. It's God showing us, look, that was already there for you. It was always there. You know, at the beginning of the year when we talked about the open door, God said, in this, in this dispensation of time that we're living in, the door has always been open. The doors of opportunity have always been open. And who is the door? Jesus. He is that door. When I have revelation of that living word in my life, the doors of opportunity, everything is open because I'm allowing the word to renew my mind. I'm destroying strongholds and mindsets and ways of thinking so that I don't keep those and I begin to think more like him. And, and when you think like God, it all, it, it's, you know, it's a win-win. Everything works out. I like this statement. If you're taking notes or even if you have a phone, you need to write this statement down. <clears throat> if Job would have kept his current condition, his fear and dread, nothing would have ever changed in his life. He would have lost everything and been a pauper the rest of his life. It's just the way it works. God wants us free, but he will not, he will not force you to embrace the freedom that he paid for. So tonight what we're looking at is our heart. And, and write this down. I actually, I encourage everybody to make some kind of a mental note of what I'm going to give you right here. When your heart believes something, your mind, will, and emotions will back it up. When your heart believes something, your mind, will, and emotions will back it up. 
One more time. When your heart believes something, your mind, will, and emotions will back it up. And I'll just say this, good or bad. When your heart believes something. Now, what is the heart? Okay, when you think of the heart, you think of a blood-pumping heart. That's what we're talking about here, not in Scripture. So, the, the heart in, in this case here, in this word that is defined here, the heart is not even your spirit. Now, to, to understand this, we've talked about this in different series, but to understand this, I've got to take just this moment to explain this. So, your mind and will and emotions that make up your soul, the, the third part of who you are, your mind, will, and emotions that make up your soul has to do with what controls your flesh. Now, your conscience is tied to the voice of your spirit. And the Holy Spirit and your spirit are one. I'm, I'm, I want to say this right. I don't want to confuse you. And if you don't totally get this tonight, go back and listen to it more. Or I'll even stand up here at the end of the service and explain anything that you're not getting about what I'm saying. But your conscience is the voice of your spirit, which is the Holy Spirit telling your spirit what's right about a situation. Your mind, will, and emotions have to be trained. They have to be retrained. There has to become a paradigm shift in your mind, will, and emotions. You have to think differently. It's vital, see? Because when your mind, will, and emotions are renewed, and what, you, what the Holy Spirit is giving your spirit that is conveyed to your mind, will, and emotions, when that begins to take root, that's the heart of you. On, on the good side. Otherwise, the heart of you is the, the bad side, the unrenewed side, that is controlling your flesh and getting you to do things that you really don't want to do. And fear is the underlying motivating factor behind doing things that are not right. Fear is. And fear has that ability because our mind, our will and emotions have not been retrained. There hasn't been a paradigm shift in our thinking and, and, and our mindsets. And so we we're born again, we pray in other tongues, we hear the word preached, but are we becoming doers of that word to renew our minds so that, so that now my mindset, no, 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 I know that's wrong. I, I, I don't totally understand it, but I know it's wrong because something inside of you is that the voice of your spirit, your conscience is saying, you know what, that's just not right. I know it's not right. Paul said, the Apostle Paul said in the book of Romans and in the book of 1 Corinthians, he made this statement. He said, and he was talking about himself, the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. That's what we're talking about tonight. The things, he said, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. The things that I want to do, I find myself struggling in. 
And what he's talking about in that passage is what is ruling in him. He's talking about the unrenewed man, the old man, wanting to have its way. And when, we and I, when you and I, when we get tired of doing the Word and staying faithful to the things of God's Word, when we get tired of that, we give in to the flesh, which gives in to the heart of the unrenewed part of you. See, go back to the, go back to the statement that I just gave you. When your heart believes something, your mind, will, and emotions will back it up, whether good or bad. So the, the, this word heart has to do with the soul. It's defined as being the soul part of a person. The soul plays a vital role in our lives. You understand? The soul is not the spirit. The heart we're talking about here is not the blood-pumping heart. It's, it's the part of us that controls what we do. Hand me your notebook. My mind, my brain up here, told my hand to, take, to, to, to get that. Okay? If Dale had a bomb in his hand, and he had a notebook there, and he had a bomb there, or he had a grenade, and he pulls the pin on the grenade, and he hands it to me, no, I'm pulling back. Why? Because I'm smart enough, I, I've got enough sense to do that. Well, my mind, will, and emotions are controlled to and connected to my brain and the decisions that I make, but what God wants is for all of that to be renewed and refreshed so that the decisions that I make on a day-to-day -day basis are what my conscience, the voice of my spirit, is telling me is so. And the more I train that way, okay, I'm not going to go into any, any deeper because I want to get to the end of this, but the more I train myself that way, the more I get on top of situations where I'm not like Paul said that he was at a certain time in his life. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Wait a minute. Father, I know that's wrong. I'm struggling with it, but I'm coming to you today because you said thus and so. You said for me to remind you of your word, and I'm coming to you today based on what the scripture says, and I'm thanking you now. See, I have that if I'm spending time hearing the word, meditating the word, and becoming a doer of the word, renewing my mind. I have the ability to do that because my conscience is saying, you know what? If you do that, there's a price to pay. You don't want to do that. See, my conscience is saying that, and my conscience is saying, listen, this is what you want to do. See, so it's not... It's not a battle of just out there in the air. It's, it's your conscience renewing your mind and reminding you of the word, what the Word says, and it'll always show you how the Word is right and the other is wrong. That's, what I've, that, that's the power of the seed of God's Word. It'll show you why something that you're doing is wrong. Because when you're doing something wrong and you have this feeling on the inside of you, that's a horrible way to live. Who wants to live that way? I don't want to do things wrong and feel bad. I don't want to be ugly to people and just feel bad about it and just keep doing it. I want to get over it, right? Fear is the motivating factor in all of that, and the key to it is what we just talked about right there. I'm not going to go any deeper than that. There's a whole lot more to that. We've got series on, on mind, will, and emotions, and it'd be good for you to listen to that. But I had to say that 
to go into the, the next part of what I'm going to say here because what we're talking about tonight is the heart. The heart, the center of you, the part of you that God wants renewed so that it will tell your flesh what to do. Watch this. Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23 and 7. For as he thinks, as a man, a person, as a person thinks in his what? Heart. So is he. As a person thinks, not just in his head, but as a person thinks in his heart, that's the way he is. I, I don't, I don't want to think, I, I don't want to remain and keep a loser mentality in my heart. I, I don't want my, the part of my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, if, 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 you were, if you were taught you were a loser and you've never allowed the word to renew your mind, then you still think you're a loser. And listen, people can love you, people can accept you, people can care for you, people can encourage you, people can speak encouraging words and all those kind of things to you, but if you think you're a loser, you're a loser. Done. As a person thinks, in their heart, that's the way they are. Do you agree? I'm not going to say, can you say amen? <laughs> I don't want you to say amen that you're a loser. I'm saying, as you think, you agree with that, right? You, you understand what I'm saying. So, um, so, just a couple of things. Romans 10 And verse 9. Actually, verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I'm going to say it again. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We have to believe things not just in our head, but in our heart. In other, words, in other words, you can say you believe something because you heard something that sounded good, right? You can say you believe it. But if it's not been renewed and it's not been established in your soul, it's not been established in there, then you will be talked out of it, no matter what it is. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I mean, I, mean, I can promise you that there's been many, 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 many people through the years that have made confessions with their mouth, but they weren't convinced in their heart. And they didn't get born again. You don't get born again when you just make a confession. You get born again because you believe. That's why it's, it's so important, it's so vital that, you, that we embrace people, we allow people to come in here and, and sit and hear the word and become convinced of that, not just come one time 
And I mean, sometimes people, are, they've been somewhere else and they come one time and they're ready. But they have to have a, t- a time period where they can sit and hear things and begin to believe so that when they make a confession that, you know what, I, I believe this, the, the word said that. I've been listening to pastor for six months. He said this and thus and so, and I, I'm hearing all the things that he's saying. And I really believe that when I make that confession, I'm born again. See, it it takes time for the seed of the word to settle so that we're convinced that when we believe something, it's going to be done. See, this whole time that we've been ministering on this series on fear, I've read scripture after scripture after scripture to you regarding why people are in fear. The Bible says that perfect love is what casts out all fear. Well, how are you going to love people? Because the seed of the word is going to teach you how to love. It's going to teach you to be kind in unkind situations, right? It's going to teach you to have patience with people in situations and and all of that. But it's not just about the walking in love. I mean, that is the end all for you and I being set free from fear, okay? But there's got to be the foundational understanding of how to get to that place on a day-to-day basis and if you don't if you don't have that foundational understanding you're 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 not going to stay with walking in love because walking in love seems impossible Hmm? walking in love is seems sometimes as impossible as adam and sarah having a child at 190, 100 years old and 90 years old. Seems impossible, totally impossible. And you'll never do it if you don't have the foundational revelation and understanding of how to apply it every time, every situation that you face. So, I'm going to read the thing I gave you to write down again. When your heart believes something, your mind, will, and emotions will back it up. The reason I believe that statement is so true is because if I've spent the time renewing my mind regarding a specific thing that I've struggled with or whatever, if I've spent the time renewing my mind and I've got established in my heart the truth of God, and it's established in there, then my mind, will, and emotions may see something and and attempt to go this way, but that establishment in my heart jerks it back. It pulls it back, constantly pulls it back. You constantly have the ability to rein in any type of thought that wants to go after the way something looks, seems to be, appears to be, Symptoms in your body, symptoms in your finances, symptoms in relationships, symptoms in everything else. Your, 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 your soul, your mind, will, and emotions wants to constantly go out there and, and get all involved in that. But when you get established in your heart and you're convinced of what God says is so in your heart, it'll cause every one of those thoughts to be reined in. Why? Because what you and I have the capability of doing is bringing every thought captive to the obedience of the word. It says, to the obedience of Christ, the anointed word. 
we have that ability to bring those every single thought captive. Every time fear wants to grip you through a situation and it tells you something contrary to the word, if you've been developing and establishing, you have that capability of reining in every single thought. We don't have to tolerate it. We don't have to tolerate it. I'm telling you tonight, you're not sick. Based on the word, you're not a sick person. You weren't created sick. You weren't created a pauper. You, you weren't created to live in the lack of peace. You, you're, 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 you're not anything that is contrary to the word. And you don't have to remain there and tolerate any of it and live in that world whatsoever. You don't have to ever, a day in your life from today on, be insecure about anything. You know why? Because Proverbs 29, we've read that a number of times throughout the weeks, uh, uh, the last few months, but it, but it says, the fear, of bra- uh, uh, the fear of man brings a snare, right? But those that trust in the Lord, they live in a safe place. God has empowered us to live in that safe place of what? It's what Job didn't live in during those years of his life. It wasn't just a nine-month period that Job lived there. Job lived there from the time he was born, and, and it grew into that up to the age of having children and all that he had, and he had great wealth and all that, and he lost it all, see? But he, he said, because of the fear and dread, there was no peace, there was no calm, there was no assurance, there was no nothing. And God did not create you and I to live like that. Every time you read that passage about Job, you said, not me. (laughs) That is not me. That's not the way God created us to live. We got to be convinced of that and then live it out. Now, Mark chapter 4, I'm just going to read these few. This is the the, uh, account. This is the account And the parable, it was the, the, uh, the interpretation of the parable that Jesus read in the few verses before this. But it's Mark chapter 4, and just starting with verse 13, and he says this. So, based on everything that we've talked about since April the 8th, concerning no more fear, think of, think of everything that we've talked about regarding living a life with no fear. And then verse 13 says this. He said, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? <clears throat> another translation says, another translation says, if you don't understand this, you'll understand nothing. If you don't understand this, you won't understand anything else. So I'm saying to you tonight, if you don't understand what I'm fixing to say to you about this in in Mark chapter 4, then you're not going to understand how to be liberated from fear. So he said, you'll not understand anything else. I'm just saying, you're not going to understand. If you don't understand this, if you don't develop what I'm fixing to say right here in a greater way in your life, fear will get the best of you. I'm not just saying you, it's anybody. It's not a bad confession. I'm not trying to put fear on you about fear, right? (laughs) I'm not putting fear on you regarding fear itself. Fear has no dominion over you and I. We've already confessed that. We're declaring that all the time. Fear has no dominion over my life. 
But if we don't understand this, if we don't take the time to understand what I just set up with you about the, about the heart, about how the heart is, is the renewed part of the mind, will, and emotions that you and I have to be able to hear and pay attention to the voice of the Spirit. Let me say this about, what, about that also. So the unrenewed part of your soul and your spirit man are in a battle for your flesh. Think of it like that as we read this. The sower sows the word. Everybody say, I'm a sower. sower. Right? The sower sows the word. How do you do that? Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I just sowed the word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I just sowed the word. I'm blessed coming in and going out. Everything I set my hand to is prospering. I can, uh, my God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want for any good thing. I'm sowing the word. The sower sows the word. In life, he said, if you don't understand this, if you... If you bypass this, it's like, this is the example that it is like. It's like going and saying, you know what? They're taking too long on the foundation of building my house. We're just going to go put the structure up and forget the foundation. You know, I mean, you may have some good caliche down in there and it may stand there, you know, and you can prop some things up and it'll stand there for a few days. But the first little wind that comes by, things going down. And that's what he's talking about in here. If you don't understand this, you won't get anything else. You'll bypass it. In other words, don't don't allow yourself to not be a sower of the word in your own personal life on a daily basis. In other words, you have to have a routine of sowing the word. You have to. You know, the... The man that was here, he and his wife, I think, sat right here, maybe Sunday morning. Macy and Brenda, they sat right here. Yeah, that, that man, he, uh, how many remember his message that he preached at Word First Conference? And number of his hands are going up. And, and his message was about doing the word, about speaking the word. And he used this example, and I've, you've heard me use it. And I was telling him, I, I said, I can't tell you how many people have reminded me of the example that you used. And, it, and his example was like taking a care of, can of air freshener, spraying it, and then walking into it and getting the results of it. When you start your day and you're confessing the word and you're putting the word out there, then you're walking into that word. The word is out there doing the work it needs to do, and you're walking into that. So, you know, I'm just too tired. I'm just, I've just got a busy day. God's just going to have to understand. And I'm just really busy. If that's what you want in the day, then okay. And and you understand, God knows how busy you are or whatever you are, right? So he knows. So it's not talking about you got to give him two hours. I mean, if I give him two hours because I want to give him two hours, it'll take two and a half minutes. 
put something out there. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, I thank you for the sweet sleep you gave me last night. I'm going to have it tonight. And man, as I enter into today, I've got favor and blessing and empowerment on my life and everything that I do in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, you give it that, you've got something that was sprayed into your day. You don't want to enter your day without the Word of God. Amen? So we got to remember that. we got to believe it. We've got to apply that. And, and when we really believe that, if we believe that, then everything else will work in its time. Everything will. Just can never be talked out of that. So he says this. In other words, if you don't understand this, you won't understand anything. The sower sows the word. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. And when one person said one time, if not sooner... He comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their what? Hearts. Okay, so he came away. See, if the heart has to do with the spirit, then Satan went in and stole the word from your spirit. Not so. He can mess with your soul all day long, but he's not messing with your spirit because my spirit and the Holy Spirit are one, and that's all that is entertained there. You understand? Nobody's messing with my spirit and, Jesus, and, and, and the spirit of the living God. There's no devil that's going to be in there and tampering and trying to make things happen. That's, my spirit will lay dormant. It will be infant. It'll be an infant and not grow and develop if I don't put any word, if I don't renew my mind. So what he's coming after, what he's coming after is the word that was sown because because tonight I'm sharing something with you, okay? This is the seed of the word. It's being sown into you. If you're listening, you're paying attention. It's being sown. And what, what the enemy does to people that hear it for the first time is he comes immediately and he takes it away. He takes it away. That's why, that's why, that's why I tell you, when I pray for the people of this church, I pray for the people that have been here for a long time. I pray for people that have been here for a shorter time. I pray for people that have just started coming. I pray for people that are thinking about coming, and I pray for people that haven't even thought about it yet. Why? Because I can't not pray for them because of what we preach. See, a person can hear the word for the first time and get so excited. Man, Pastor... This is my church. Never see them again. Why? It's not because they're bad people. It's not because they didn't even have good intention in what they were saying. The devil came and stole that word immediately. Immediately. That's why we have to understand this. See? Okay, how did he steal, in every one of these souls I'm reading right here, how did he steal the word? Fear, either directly or indirectly, is related to the word not taking root for all different kinds of reasons, and I'll show you as we keep, as we keep on here. And these, uh, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they, heard, they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness, but they don't have any root in them. Every one of us have not had root in our hearts, Right? 
Every one of us have been in this condition right here where our heart, where our heart is concerned. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time and afterward when what? Tribulation, persecution, difficult time, all kinds of stuff. What, what's, what's the motivation there? It's fear. So when, when something bad happens, what's the first thought the enemy brings to your mind? Well, the word doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so what's he doing? Stealing that word. Convincing you that what you see is more real than what God has promised. Constantly. So they endure for a time. Afterward, when tribulation, persecution arises, the word's sake immediately, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things. They enter in and do what? They choke the word. So, you know, you know what's happened there is in this soil right here, it's taken root. And then they choke it and it becomes unfruitful. What does that mean? It was bearing fruit. Oh, my goodness gracious, I've seen some people in that condition right there many times through. What's that about? Bad people? Absolutely not. No, it's the fear that the enemy brings to try to deceive people to get them to believe they can live life without this. That's what it's after. Devil doesn't matter whether, he really doesn't care whether you're saved or you're not saved. Doesn't matter, he, he really doesn't matter whether you go to hell or heaven or where you go. All he wants is you, for you to live like hell on earth. He wants you to live a defeated, destructive life because he can get so many more converts following him because if you don't have a testimony, if your testimony is how sad and bad and mad and ugly God really is, if that's your testimony, why would somebody want to follow that? No, <laughs> we want to be able to tell people. And you know what? We need to give people the whole story. Oh, yeah, living by faith is awesome. It's produced all these great things for me. How long have you been doing it? Oh, 35 years. And so it's just been awesome the whole way along? Yeah, just awesome, awesome. Now you're lying. You're lying. You can't lie to people. You, gotta, you don't have to tell everybody everything up front. And you hear me be transparent of things that we've walked through and stuff that we've, that we've battled and, and, and walked through. But we're still standing. But you've you, you, you got to let people know it, it's not just, you know... Just this easy street your whole life. There's things that you face because the battle is the enemy coming after the word to steal. If you don't understand this, you're not going to get anything else. You're not going to get it. So then you're going to be moved by what you see. Then you're going to be moved by other people's testimonies of what didn't work for them. Well, you know, why would it work for me? It didn't work for them. And they're a really good Christian. Hear me? Now, the word works for you if you put the word to work and you develop it. We have to get this, we have to understand it, and live in it day to day. Can you say amen? And he said, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it. They bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. So the fruit-bearing is coming in your life. It's coming 30, it's coming 60, it's, it's coming 100-fold. The fruit-bearing is coming if you just don't quit. And, and not only will it just come, but it'll come swiftly in your life. God will make sure that it comes to you in a swift way. 
when it's time. When is it time? When you got this. This passage right here is what you have to believe in. What the battle that you're up against and how the enemy is after the word that's been sown in you. I will not let that happen. So let me just, let me just say this to you as I close here with these last 15 passages. Um, let me just say this. The best time, the, the number one best time to be speaking the word is when you don't feel like it's working. There's no greater time to speak the word in your life when you feel like it's not working. And you just went through a routine of declaring the word and it seemed like it was a waste of time. That's the best time to speak it. Because listen to me, it's not based on how you feel or what it appears. When the word goes out there, man, you're putting it out there, right? Because you think about it, if you're, if you're putting words of fear out there, they're going out there too. I don't want to walk into a bunch of mess like that. I want to walk into the word and the revelation of his word going forth and I'm speaking. What I'm declaring when I say the greater one lives in me, I'm declaring what God says is so. That's what I'm putting out there. And when I get that and I understand that, the days of fear are gone. David sought the Lord. He believed the Lord, heard him because he sought the Lord on the authority of the word and delivered him of every fear. Me. Can you say amen? amen. So, I got to finish with this. I was going to read these whole passages, but I'm not. I'm going I'm to finish with Matthew 14 and Acts 3. And both of these accounts are about our beloved predecessor, Peter. Man of faith and power for his hour. Can you say amen? <clears throat> and in... Um, just going to look at this real quickly, both of these. So you, you know the story. Uh, Jesus, uh, they, they, were, they were in, actually they were in Capernaum here. And they're at the Sea of Galilee and Jesus is with them. He sends them on a boat, tells them to go to the other side. They get out in the middle, big storm coming. Jesus was over praying and he comes and he walks on the water. We, you, you know all about this. Um, but Jesus spoke to them in the middle. They were all freaking out. I mean, it, you know, tsunami coming or hitting or whatever it was, bad storm. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water. So he did come. And, and he said, come. And when Peter came out, and we know all the story. And at the end of that, Jesus said this. After he, uh, Peter walked, Peter sank, and Jesus grabbed him. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, he caught him, and he said to him, Oh, you of little faith. He didn't say, Oh, man, that was really good, Peter. You walked. You actually walked on the way. He didn't say that. He said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Why did Peter doubt? I said this to you a while back, and I, and I really believe this is so. I don't believe Peter was supposed to walk on the water. Jesus didn't call him out. Jesus was answering his question. He wasn't going to lie and say it wasn't him. He said, it's me, come on. And he walked. There's a lot of times people walk and they're trying to be in water walking faith situations and they're not ready for that because they don't believe Mark chapter 4. 
Okay? But if you just don't quit, watch this. Acts chapter 3, and I'm in with this. Acts chapter 3, and actually I'm just going to read it. I'll read it fast. Just listen to me. Here's Peter again. Long time, probably, we're probably, this is probably three years later. Some, somewhere after that. If you just don't quit, if you take what the master said, and that's what he did. He took what he said, he meditated on it, he spent time, he did, after the resurrection, he went and did everything the, that, that Jesus said. Go and tarry in Jerusalem, he did that. Got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, did exactly what he said, and this, these things begin to happen. And in Acts chapter 3, here's the same Peter that Jesus said, rebuked him for not having faith, at living in fear, and allowing fear to grip him when he was walking on the water. Here, here's this story. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took, it, and he, and he took him by the right hand, he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Just fast forward a little bit. I mean, this is the guy that had been there his whole life, hadn't walked, was crippled from, from birth, been in this condition his whole life, nobody could do anything for him, and here's Peter in this situation, and in verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as, as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Did you hear what he said? Own power and godliness. I don't live a perfect life. Neither do you. And that doesn't disqualify you for your mistakes. You were created to believe this stuff. But what Peter did from the experience on the sea, from the experience on the sea, what Peter did is he became a sower of the word and understood what that was all about. He became that. Men of Israel, why do you marvel? Look intently at us and, and on and on. For the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Verse 16, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. How? By faith in the name of Jesus. Where do we get faith in the name of Jesus? Where do we learn to walk in love that delivers us from all fear? Through the seed of the word, being a sower of the word first and foremost. 
First, before you ever do any type of sowing, you've got to begin to believe that your sowing is producing. Huh? When you sow seed into someone's life, when you sow, when you honor God with the tithe and you sow offerings into, into people or into situations, you've got to believe that it's not taking something from you, it's getting something to you. And the only way to believe that is through the seed of the word, you sowing that word on a day-to-day basis. You taking what you hear preached and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you and make it a part of your life. And as we do that, I mean, folks, we're unstoppable. 30 years we celebrated Sunday. And I'm telling you, the next 30 years of the gates of the city are the greatest and the best. We'll, uh, Becca, do, do we have what Steve and Brandon prayed and prophesied over us? Do we have that recorded? Somehow, I mean, we're not going to make a bunch of copies of that and all that, but somehow we're going to get that where people can hear that. Or we may even play it because what they prophesied is about the next 30 years. Amen? And, and, and all the foundation of this last 30 years is for the next 30 years. Mm, start flexing your muscles. Mm, huh? Get ready. Because huh? we're here to accomplish some things for the kingdom of God. Because we, listen, we believe this. This church believes this. You say, well, you know, I'm, I'm no, 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 no. You know, okay, wherever you're at, just be where you're at. Don't try to be like somebody else or be up where someone else is. Just believe what you believe. And walk it out. Keep seeking the Lord. He's delivering us from all fear, empowering us to walk in love, do the things we're doing, but we're doing it through the seed of the word. If, if Peter was that guy that was rebuked for his fear, and then three or four years later, however long it was after that, that he had such great faith that a man that had been crippled from his birth, he had the faith to declare what the name of Jesus was given to us for. If God does it for Peter, he'll do it for you and I. Amen? He already has done it for us. And so we're grateful and we're thankful tonight for it. Anybody say amen? amen. No more fear because we are convinced of the seed of the word that's changing the way we think so that our spirit man from inside of us, our spirit man is controlling everything that our flesh does. Because we renew our minds with every thought, every thought of fear, every thought of anything that comes our way that is contrary to the word, we're taking, we have the ability to take every thought captive or he wouldn't have said we did. Amen?